Hey, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to At The Half. I am so excited you guys came. Now, don't forget, at, here at At The Half, we don't just talk sports. I know the saying and the title make, make you think that, but we don't just talk sports here. We're going to talk about everything from politics, sometimes love, not this week, but coming up, we're definitely going to talk some love, finances, all that good stuff. So get what you need to just sit back, relax, and go on this journey with me. Today in the first half, we're going to talk about the bearded one getting his way, and he is heading to Brooklyn. I'll tell you what it took to make that happen. At the half, you guys, we're going to level up because you know the old saying, it takes money to make money. It's so true. And this week, I'm bringing you Hassan Thompson. He's going to talk about going from being in debt to being debt Three. And of course, we're going to close out with this hurry up offense. I'm just going to fire off a bunch of random topics to you. But more importantly, I'm going to give you my divisional round predictions, which you definitely want to stay tuned for that because that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, we're going to do stop it right now. You guys, you are not going to believe what has happened in the world around us again. But I'm a little upset with the family in this one. We're going to talk about that. Definitely going to give um, some shout outs to our sisters on Ladies Corner. And I'm going to give some flowers that you might not expect. So stay with me. Don't miss it. I hope you're comfortable because let's get it. It's time for At The Half. All right, all right. Greetings and salutations, everybody. If it's your first time here, welcome. I appreciate you guys coming by and checking me out. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. Don't forget to follow me on all things social media at JRayTheFanatic. And if you have time during the week, venture on over to The Fumble and check me out every weekday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on The Fumble. And then, of course, I'm on The Opposite Reaction with Nick Hamilton every Thursday on Dash Radio. You're probably listening to this on Backstage, so you're going to have to catch that one over there on Dash Radio a little later. But you can also catch this one on all podcast platforms anytime after today. So once again, you guys, thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, again, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at JRayTheFanatic. So let's get into it, guys. Let's get to this um, first half because I cannot believe some of the things have that have transpired. If you don't know, James Harden got his way. He is heading to the Brooklyn Nets. I think we all knew it was going to happen, but the way that it happened is, in my opinion, very, very disrespectful. James Harden owes the Houston Rockets at least – his teammates on the Houston Rockets, he owes them an apology because this just went a little too far for me. In my opinion, he actually in a post game interview said that, you know, as far as the talent goes and um, it just can't be fixed, things can't be fixed in Houston. And I just thought that that was disrespectful to his teammates. Boogie said it, he came out in his post game interview and was like, it was mad disrespectful if this trade hadn't happened, a reporter asked him, do you think you can play with James Harden? He says, I, that's for him to decide. And quite frankly, I don't care. And I think that that's the right attitude to have. This to me is not okay. The way that James Harden has handled this whole thing, you've been averaging a triple double for the last three years. And now you're going out there, you look fat <laughs> and you're averaging 16 points. Now it's, it's just, it's not, Look, um, we have all had to work for employers we don't want to work for. And I I get, especially if his grievance is real and saying that he doesn't want to work with, with the Houston Rockets anymore because they have Trump affiliations. I think that that is a very legitimate reason to want to cut ties, not only professionally, but personally. I think that's a very legitimate reason to cut ties. 
but you still have to do it the right way because you don't want to, you know, mess up your stock. I had said that I didn't think that this trade was going to happen because of the way that he was acting. And at the end of the day, you still want to be a professional and you want to know that you have somebody in your locker room who's not a cancer. I think the caveat to all this though, however, and I like Kyrie, it's a love hate relationship I have with him. It's more love though. But I think the antics we're currently seeing from Kyrie kind of helped fast track this situation. Um, because if you don't know, I don't know how you don't know, but Kyrie has been basically missing in action. Um, he took a personal day right after some crazy people stormed the Capitol, you know, the terrorists that went in there and did that. And, and that falls in line with who we know Kyrie to be. It very much falls in line with the fact that he is a social justice warrior. He didn't even want to go back into the bubble because he said, no, we need to stay out here and fight. So I am not, I wasn't upset with him taking a personal day at all in that aspect. But then, you know, then the picture starts surfacing and we see him, you know, with his family and things of that nature. So to me, in my head, this is one of two things. It is either he's really going through something right now. And I think as a black person in this country, if you end up looking at these white folks storm the castle with absolutely no real consequence. One person was shot. Um, the other person that died is because he accidentally tased himself in his private. <laughs> I'm so sorry for laughing, but that's what you get. It's hard for me to feel bad for you because he brought a taser into that situation and he tased himself in his privates too much and he ended up having a heart attack. Um, one woman was shot and then another police officer was bludgeoned by the terrorists. If that had been Black Lives Matter, they'd still be trying to identify some of the bodies out in that situation because they would have gunned us down. So as a Black person in this country, if you need to take a minute, I am okay with that. I would have been okay with, with Kyrie saying, hey, I... You know what? I just need some time. I don't know how much time that's going to be, but I'm going through some things that I just have to kind of get right with myself. I need some time. He didn't he doesn't really owe us any explanation. He didn't have to really go into detail, but the fact that he's not saying anything at all, he was ghosting Steve Nash. The team hadn't heard from him. He didn't even to my knowledge reach out to um Kevin Durant. So there's a lot that that Kyrie's just not doing correctly. So it, it, this all kind of just, I think, plays into that. It kind of looked from the outside looking in, it looked like James Harden's comment, which um, the Rockets head coach, Steve Silas, said that those comments made it hard for him to sleep. And he doesn't even think that those those statements are true. The next day, he was like, you know what? Don't come to practice. We're going to have to get this trade done. Woj, though, um, when he was speaking to Doris Burke, he said that that James Harden's statements were more so because he knew the deal was almost done and this was him trying to make it go faster. He wanted to kind of basically be a jerk to make this deal go faster. That's that's a bad look too, though. If that's really what happened, that's a very bad look on James Harden's part. But you know what? It worked because <laughs> he got he got what he wanted. He ended up in Brooklyn, which I, you know, I still don't know how that dynamic is going to work, but it, it, it that deal though is crazy. So basically, the gist of it is, is the Nets are gonna get James Harden and a lot of other stuff, which I'm gonna go into in a second. The Rockets are gonna get um, Victor Oladipo um, and two other players, as well as four first round picks and four pick swaps. This to me, Victor Oladipo is definitely the winner in this situation because we've talked count. Well, if you're 
not new to this show, we've talked about this several times when Victor Oladipo was on The Masked Singer. Um, and he was kind of overcoming that injury at the time. That's why he had a chance to be on The Masked Singer. I had said then that I just did not think that the Pacers were the best look for him. I didn't think that they were utilizing him properly. So in my opinion, he's the biggest winner in this situation. He gets to move into a situation where now there's a bunch of people that want to hit the reset button. They want to level up because now they got this toxicity out of their locker room, off their court, and now they can move on together as a team. Give a damn what the owner thinks and his twisted, sick, racist views. We are a team. We're going to move on together as such, and we're going to level up. So I'm really excited for him. I think this is going to be a great moment for him. The person that I feel bad for, um, Jared Allen and Tareen Prince, they're going to the Cavaliers. The Pacers get um, Karis LeVert in a second round pick. I, I don't like this for Jared Allen. I, Tareen, okay, whatever. But I don't, <laughs> I don't like this for Jared Allen. I don't like this for the fro. I really like him. He has continued to level up his game. And he's 22. He's young. The Cavs haven't been anything but a wasteland since LeBron left, and I just don't want him to end up in this situation where he's lost in Cleveland. So I don't like this for him. To me, he's the clear loser in this situation. So I'm just hoping that maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong about anything, I want to be wrong about that, and maybe that organization can get it together. But let me tell you all these picks, because I feel like Brooklyn basically – traded away their future farm, not their current farm, but their future farm. So they're sending three unprotected first round picks in the 2022, 24 and 26 draft. Plus Houston can swap picks with them in 2021, 23, 25 and 27. This is ridiculous. The Rockets also get Cleveland's 2022 first round pick via the Bucks. This stop. That's <laughs> this is too much for me. I still you have to assume, in order for this to make sense, you have to assume that the James Harden we've seen for years, because let's not forget, James Harden wanted Chris Paul, the Rockets gave him that. He wanted Russell, the Rockets gave him that. He said that he would love to play with John Wall, the Rockets made that happen. They've literally given you everything you've asked for, and you still decided to turn around and be a twat. So we have to assume that the James Harden that we've seen in this situation is suddenly miraculous going to be this other person that is is not playing iso ball all the time and he's a giving person and all of a sudden he works well with KD who also wants the ball and let's not forget Kyrie's ego. This <laughs> this does not sound like a win to me. Perhaps if Kyrie decides he doesn't want to play basketball, now let me just say this. For all the reporters out there that are kind of spinning that narrative saying, "Oh, you know Kyrie, it looks like he just doesn't want to play basketball." Unless you've heard that from that man directly, please stop saying that. Kyrie has never been one to be forthcoming with the media. He deals with all of his decisions with internally, with his family, himself. We are always going to be the last to know. I agree. Kyrie is handling this all wrong, but let's not make an, any assumptions on what that man is, what he wants for his life, because that man has a lot of good basketball left. I don't, I can't, I would hope that he wouldn't go out of his way to get KD in Brooklyn and then all of a sudden say, ha, 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 just kidding. Like, uh, I would hope that's not the case. It would be a testament to his ego. And I do believe that Kyrie has kind of a touch of narcissism, not a, not a whole, like he's not a full-blown narcissist. I think Trump is. He's definitely will never in his life be that because we know that 
that Kyrie's giving. Maybe narcissist isn't the right word because I do feel like everyone who's really good in sports to some level has a touch of ego. So maybe narcissism isn't the right word, but he still needs to be that guy. I feel like his quest is to be that guy. So it's going to be interesting. I hope that he sits down and does a real in-depth reason as to why he went MIA in this way so we can understand it and stop assuming. I realize it's a fun narrative to try to kind of spin it this way, but can we not do that? This is a grown ass man. If he wants to tell us what is going on in his life, he will tell us. Let's stop assuming it's nerve wracking. But coming up after the break, you guys, if you are like me and you're trying to slowly get your financial life together, or you're like me and you're trying to buy a house and making sure you have all your ducks in a row, you might have some questions. Um, you're going to want to stay tuned for what we have next because Hassan Thompson is coming up. He is going to break down going from debt to debt free. And then we're just going to have him on the show twice a month. So if you have any questions, go ahead and DM or email those to me. And we're going to make sure we get through this together and we're going to level up because y'all know I'm rooting for everybody black. So once again, I'm Jackie Ray. Stay with us because at the half is up the half. All right, we'll be right back. All right, all right, you guys. It is at the half of at the half. This is my favorite part of the show, you guys, because as you know, this is where we focus on not only things that are impacting the black community, but how we can make them better. And like I told you when we introed this show, your mama told you this, I know this, you know this, it takes money to make money. I'm really good at finding jobs, maybe not the best at making my money grow though. So I know what I'm good at, I know what I'm not. So I have a friend that if you, you need to follow him on Instagram and make sure he gives you his Instagram because he has this thing called Homeroom where he kind of, he's taught me some stuff. So please welcome Hassan Thompson to the show. Hey, hey. friend. <laughs> What's up, friend? Glad to be here. Thanks yes. for having me. Listen, guys, I am uh, extremely excited about an opportunity to get on this platform, mainly because I am a big fan of the Kwanzaa principles. And one of the ones that I want to focus on is cooperative economics, y'all. We got to get our money right and we got to get it right yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be providing you a few tidbits of information that I've picked up. Now, keep in mind, I'm no financial professional. I don't have any certifications. I'm just a black man who's made some good decisions. And I want to share with you some of the things that I've learned. So before we get into uh, an interesting topic today, which I want to compare and contrast some of the ins and outs of simple interest versus compounded interest, because there is a significant difference between the two. Let's go ahead and start with some of the daily numbers. And so uh, today, Bitcoin was actually up uh, almost 11% on one day, which means if you put $100 on Bitcoin yesterday, you'd have about $111 today. So that's a definitely a good thing. It's trending in the right direction. And in fact, over the last month, Bitcoin is up 92%. So if you get an opportunity, I definitely would recommend that you download Cash App. Cash App is not a paid sponsor of this, but it is the platform that I use because you don't necessarily have to buy whole shares one at a time. You can buy fractional shares based on the amount of money that you have. And so if you do download Cash App, you'll find down there at the bottom an opportunity to hit the little stock button. You can slide over to Bitcoin. And listen, I'm going to recommend you go ahead and put 10, 20, $100 in that you have and just let it ride for a few days and see how the market 
uh, makes you feel. Is that, so that the would be first, a great first, very first investment you think? Like I've never invested before. I'm not really sure where to start. You think Bitcoin is the is a good starting place to be? To be honest, in my opinion, Bitcoin would be the safest, smartest place for you to see how the market runs. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'd say if you have $10 to invest, now keep in mind when you invest your money, that does mean that you are taking a risk. You might lose money, right? We cannot predict the future and there's no way to tell. So just getting in, I would say, find whatever amount of disposable income you have. It could be as low as $5. It can be as much as $20,000. But whatever it is, put it in, be willing to risk it, but just let it ride. Give it a few days and see how the market treats you. And that will give you a real opportunity because it's your money on the line. Right. So you will really get to see how your money is moving. And uh, then we can start to really apply some of the principles like buying high, buying low, when to buy, when to sell. Now, personally, and I know I'm kind of going off in a little different direction, but I am not interested in the day trading. So if you mm. like foreign exchange and you want to trade money or you want to be a day trader and buy and sell within minutes, then that's not exactly the strategies that I am personally employing. I'm going for a, the long play. So I'm investing in companies now that I believe will have a strong position one year, five years, 10 years in the market. Um, and so I'm looking at not something that's hot right now, but something that's really changing the game for the future. Can you, can um, similar, you tell them kind yeah. of what, why investing and why getting started in some sort of, because we see all these commercials all the time. I think there's Acorn or something that'll round up. And, and can you kind of tell people why it's important to start investing now? There's a, there's a, there's a saying in investing, which is buy low, sell high. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> there's a lot of chaos going on on the planet, especially in our country. <laughs> and so when you think about um, buying low, and that really means that there may be uncertainty in the market. And with all the things that are going on in the state capital, all the things that are going on in presidential politics, um, there is a lot of uncertainty. And so I think now is a really smart time to be aggressive. Because listen, if you don't have money in an actual place that can make you money, then you're actually losing money, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you think about other places that you have to spend your spend your money on your credit card bills, on your telephone bill, on your car note, on your mortgage or your rent, those are places where your money is not only leaving your bank account, but you're also probably being charged some sort of interest rate. And so you're losing money on top of money. So anytime you have an opportunity to take some of your residual or some of your cash flow, I am strongly recommending that you put it in a place that can earn you money. Now, this has to be money that you're willing to risk. I'm not asking anybody to put their rent up. <laughs> it's not Vegas. Right. But if you just leave it in a regular bank account or a regular savings account, you may be at best getting a 1% interest. Mm -hmm. But if you put it into the market, meaning the stock market, if you put it into one of these riskier investments, even on an average, you're looking at making an 8% return, which is way more than a stock account. But at best, and I mean, even my own personal portfolio account is up 17%. That's more than twice average. Uh, so it does make a significant difference if you put your money into the stock market, into the uh, Bitcoin market or this uh, blockchain uh, money market are certainly good places because they're making significant moves. And so I would say we have to start making those moves too. Gotcha. Seriously. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, go uh, ahead. So I didn't mean in, to interrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. Let's uh, let's keep the dialogue flowing. Um, I will say that in terms of my top picks today, actually Peloton 
has done significantly well. I mean, they're up 7% on the day, up 30%, 38% on the month. One of the reasons that they're doing so good right now is because the stay-at-home order is in effect. More and more people are getting sick, which means staying at home and figuring out how to work out is definitely a, a big trend. And we'll also keep in mind we're at the beginning of the year. And so a lot of people have made New Year's resolutions right. to get fit, <laughs> to get themselves together. And so Peloton has certainly done fantastic today. In terms of my two biggest losers, I have a Gilead and Merck. Now, these are two companies that I invested in before we had a vaccine, because mm -hmm. I was betting that one of these companies would be one of the ones that have made it. Sadly, they haven't done too well. So uh, <laughs> both of them are a little bit down on the day, only up 2% on the month, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. These are definitely big companies. These are not the only things that they're into. So I'm going to continue to let these, uh, my money in these drug companies ride and see how it turns out over the next uh, 12 months or so. Now with Peloton, I know I used to work at a gym and I know that this is your best time of year because people are all like trying to burn off their, their holiday fat. And like you said, those new year's resolutions, but then Thinking about the season changing yeah, and, and then ready for it stays, it stays kind of good, you know, through Valentine's day. Cause everybody trying to get their sexy on or whatever, but then <laughs> right. it does kind of drop off after that. So how do you, how do you know how to kind of read the market? Like you said, you, you need to buy low and sell high. How do you gauge that? Is it is it kind of a guessing game or is there some sort of formula to when you should sell a stock? To be honest, it's all a guessing game, mm -hmm. but you are making informed guesses. It's like a hypothesis in high school, right? It's an educated guess. And the way that you do that is you just have to watch the news. Uh, the good thing about Cash App, and again, I, I recommend it because it makes it so easy, is that they also offer you articles and news information related to your own stock picks. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I know about um, how Peloton is doing well is because in that Cash App, I just scroll, I read the articles, and I see where it's going. The other thing to say on, on your question, though, is remember, we're not thinking about it now. We're thinking about it later. Mm. And so one of the best examples that I can give for that, for example, would be Zoom. For me, Zoom is a very smart, long play. There are many platforms that do video streaming. Right. But for some reason, Zoom has become like ubiquitous as a term, mm -hmm. you know, and so in that sense, I do think that Zoom may not be the biggest or the best, but they will be sort of that go-to platform when it comes to doing these sorts of online meetings. And so that is a company that even if it goes up a little bit or down a little bit, I believe over the course of a year or five years, Zoom will still be uh, that company. So when you think about where you're going to invest, I strongly recommend thinking about a company that you know will be strong towards the future. So something like Tesla, for example, who's building rockets to Mars, mm -hmm. like is this the kind of company that you think will be around? I have started pouring so much more money into Tesla and these sort of electron vehicle companies and really have stopped putting money into like American Airlines and Boeing because I don't believe that those are going to be the future of travel. And so mm. thinking about what the future is going to look like and making bets on which company you think will be part of that future mm. is the overall strategy. Okay. I'll also offer something else before I get into the issue of uh, interest, which is... Um, when you think about investing, also keep in mind, when you take the money out, you have to pay taxes on that money. You know, it's not mm. an IRA account where you wait until retirement and you get some sort of tax benefit. And so when you think about it in those terms, if you take the money out before one year, you actually pay more in taxes. It's, it's a capital mm. gains thing. But if you 
leave your money in for 12 months or longer, then it's far less in terms of taxes. And so those are that's another good reason why you want to think about a longer play. Um, but in terms of interest, I did want to get into this because, again, any time that you borrow money, let's say a credit card or a loan for a car or a house or student loans to pay for your education, this is you borrowing money. That borrower is going to charge you interest on that money. This is an old concept that's probably as old as money itself. Many cultures call it usury, which is the idea of uh, making money on lending is the is the concept. And so when you think about it, maybe in your own personal example, you might, hey, Jackie, let me borrow $10, right? And Jackie might just want $10. So she's not actually making money on the money. She's just getting her money back. But if you go to my cousin, he might be like, you need $10, but you need to pay me back 15. Right, so, right. <laughs> so most times, and especially these days, there's really no way to get around the idea of paying some interest when you borrow some money. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, even though it's not exactly right, it's kind of the same thing when you invest. When you invest, you have an expectation of getting more than you put in. Mm -hmm. And so this is a pretty similar uh, and familiar concept. But the, the, the difference comes in how they charge the interest. If it's simple interest, for example, I borrow $100, I pay 10%, then I owe $110, right? right? And so that's pretty straightforward. But the real dangerous part is when they begin to compound that interest, which means they're going to charge you, let's say, 10%. And so out of $100, that means you owe $10. But then what they're going to do is they're going to take that $10, roll it onto the $100 that you owe, and then recalculate the interest based on this growing principle. So this is how they make money on top of money. This is how rich people continue to get richer and poor people continue to get poor. Because as you borrow the money, you actually have to pay back way more than you originally borrowed. Sometimes mm -hmm. double what you originally borrowed until you get that debt finally paid off. So compounding interest is definitely a significant problem. And so before we wrap up, I definitely want to give you some strategies on how to make your money work smarter for you. And in that sense, if you're in the situation where you're paying a simple interest, the smartest strategy is to pay the debt off early, you know, because normally what a company will do is they will take that interest, that $10 that you owe and divide it over all of the months. And so every month that you pay early, that means you're actually paying less than you expected. You may end up paying $108 on $110, given our example. But with compounded interest, it's a little bit different because, again, they're charging interest every cycle on top of what you're already paying. And so the key there is actually to multiply the number of payments. So just mm -hmm. think about it this way. If you, for example, pay $200 a month on your car note, but they're compounding that interest, let's say every day, you pay a little bit more interest that they put back on top of what you originally owe. The best strategy is actually to set up your bank in an automatic payment system where you're actually sending your car note a small version of what you would normally pay in the month every day. You know, let's, mm -hmm. let's make the math a little easier. If it's 30 days in your month and you normally pay $300, then what that means is you're basically paying um, $10 a month over those 30 days. Mm -hmm. But instead of paying $300 once at the end of the month or the beginning of the month, pay them $10 every day and have your bank pay them $10 every day. What that in effect does is it cancels out the interest that they would normally charge you and it actually drives your principal down in a much faster way than if you wait 30 days and send them one big payment. 
And so that is certainly a smart strategy that you would want to think about. Ultimately, you're paying the same. But what you're doing is you're eliminating their ability to compound that interest because you're paying the interest off at a faster rate, if that makes sense. I have never heard that. That would have saved me the last car that I paid off. It took me forever <laughs> to pay off that car because, you know, and I did exactly what you said in my head. I was like, OK, you know, this is how much I owe by the time I pay this. So I just made my monthly payments. And then once I got close to what I thought was the end date, I kind of checked because I'm like, oh, I should only have you know, two, three more payments left. Come to find out I had like six or seven. I was like, what the hell? So, (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the margins are. That's where these companies make their margins is, you know, anytime you miss a payment or every Mm -hmm. time that you uh, don't fully pay, you know, when you get your credit card interest, you might, oh, my my current credit card, I owe about $2,000. But for some reason, my payment is only like $25, -hmm. you know? And so that's how they really extend your debt and have you paying far more than you ever would have or should have. So this idea, even though it does take a moment to set it up and get Mm -hmm. your bank to pay it, remember, you're not paying no stamps, you're not paying no envelope, all of that is done uh, electronically these days. And so the idea that you can instruct your bank to pay just a little bit every time is a huge strategy and it will actually cut your payments down over the course of time. It's a huge, huge deal. Okay. So our first step is to download Cash App and then we can kind of Start learning. Toy around. Yes. Just play around with some money that you don't mind losing. Right. And you will finally get a chance to see. It's almost like it's almost like sex, you know. However (laughs) much you talk about it is one thing, but until you actually get into it, then it's like, oh, okay. Ladies know that's the truth. One talk is not the same game. It's it's just not how it goes. We know. We know. We know. You just gotta jump in bed with this money. And And so yes. Number one way to 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 get into this wealth building. Definitely download Cash App. And the huge advantage they have over some of these others, Acorn and Robinhood and others, is that you can do fractional payments. So you mm. really you get to think about it in terms of how much money do I have to invest instead of how many shares? Because mm. right now I think Tesla's probably at five hundred dollars a share. Amazon is way right. too much per share. Apple way too much per share. But if you got ten dollars, you could be an owner of Apple, of Tesla, of Amazon tonight if you go ahead and take our advice. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this segment's all about. We're going to learn something every week and I'm not every week you're going to be on here, but I'm going to have you on twice a month if you don't mind. Cause I think that finances are so important, especially to our community. We need to find a way to build generational wealth. And of course this is, you know, getting your money right. So you can get your money right for your kids is the first step. So thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can follow you. Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Hassan Thompson, H-U-S-A-N Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, one word. I have a weekly show that I do called Thompson's Homeroom, as she mm-hmm. mentioned, which is a newscast with extremely strong opinions. So I certainly welcome you to join me for the ride. And then I'll be here every couple of weeks to uh, share some of the best tips and, and uh, updates that I've picked up when it comes to building wealth and taking advantage of the tool that we call money. Yes. Thank you so much, you guys. Stay with me because after the break, we're going to get into this hurry up offense. We're going to talk about, you know, this divisional round that's coming up. So stay with us. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray. You're listening to At The Half. We'll be right back. All right, you guys, we are in the home stretch. I'm going to do the best I can to because this is the hurry up offense. (laughs) This is the part of the show we just going to run them off, run them off, rapid fire. So let's get to it. I hope that you guys had an opportunity to watch 
um, Super Wild Card Weekend. That was some of the best football I have seen in a long time. Shouts out to the NFL because they did the damn thing. We saw a lot of surprises. Uh, I, I just, I just cannot still, in my heart of hearts, believe <laughs> that the Browns beat Big Ben and the Steelers. Just, we live in a world where Big Ben and the Steelers literally went without one COVID case, but they had to be punished basically because. Other teams like the Ravens had so many cases. And I don't know, it'd be interesting to really break that down. And because they had to play so many games, how that impacted them at the end. But let me tell you, they did not have it at the end. So let's talk about this one. Um, this first one, we have, give me some, let me backtrack. I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but the saddest thing that I've seen in a long time was Big Ben sitting on the sideline crying and, and, and pouncy. Ah, oh, it's just it just hurt my heart. But anyway, so let's let's go to this first one because now, of course, uh, the Browns have to go meet the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, look, I did I think that I was going to live in the world where the Browns beat the Steelers? Absolutely not. Do I think I'm going to live in the world where the Browns beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. Casey has the best total offense. Browns are third in rushing defense, but that's okay because. KC can put it in the air because Patrick Mahomes is definitely that guy. Best case scenario, um, you can shut down Travis Kelsey and you hope your secondary can basically handle Tyreek Hill. But if y'all don't do that, you know, y'all in trouble. Do I think that Cleveland can pull off this win? No, I do not. I do think that Patrick Mahomes, and I like Patrick Mahomes. He's easy to like. But let me tell y'all the absolute truth of this situation. I'm rooting for the Browns. Again, I just said that I like Patrick Mahomes. That is a factual statement. I love Travis Kelsey. Factual statement. But there is this guy in my building that is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And if the Chiefs win, he is going to be down in my office going on. He is insufferable. Insufferable. So, Browns, if you could do me this one favor, I am so sorry, Chiefs, that I really want you to lose to save me a conversation with somebody that I just don't. He's. He's one of those Kansas City Chiefs fans that you're like, oh, I see why people don't like y'all. Do me a solid, Browns. Go ahead and get that done for me. I definitely would appreciate you. Just truly, honest, God will bless you. <laughs> All right, so now let's get to the Rams and the Packers. Look, I am here in Los Angeles. I am a Los Angelino where the Lakers have a championship. The Dodgers have a championship. It would be nice if the Rams got one, but they can't because you know who that. Let's get it. We're not, we're not even going to entertain this nonsense. But they are going up against the Green Bay Packers. Ram ha Rams have the best pass passing defense in the league, third best rushing defense. Um, Green Bay has the fifth best, fifth best offense. Fifth best best offense in the league. I can't say it that fast. Um, I am counting on the defense, the Rams defense to really pull this one out for them. I think Jared Goff is going to make some mistakes. He's going to make some mistakes early that it's going to give Green Bay a chance to capitalize on some situations. And, but I think ultimately the defense is going to hold the line. I know this is not a popular pick, but I am going with the Rams to beat Green Bay. That is my prediction. So this next one is the one that I'm looking forward to the most outside of my Saints, and that is Lamar Jackson facing Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, the Ravens facing Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a great game. I am so 
so, so, so proud of Lamar Jackson. When I saw him go down by 10, I really thought all the negativity that we've been hearing surrounding him, like, oh, he can't win a playoff game. Blah, blah, blah. I thought that was going to get into his head because it's been something he's heard his entire career. But he stayed the course. He went out there. He did the damn thing, and they got it done. I am counting on that momentum to lead them into a win over the Bills. But I can't sleep on the Bills because Josh Allen, this is going to be a weird statement to hear it out loud, but he is the fifth best passer in the league. Lamar Jackson is ranked kind of, you know what, he's lower. It don't matter. He's, he's a lot lower. But it doesn't matter because the Ravens have one of the best rushing schemes in the NFL. Part of that rushing scheme does include Lamar Jackson. So there are a lot of weapons they can use. They can do that pound and ground on the ground so they can get it done. I am counting on them to do so. But again, don't sleep on Buffalo because they just won their first playoff game since 1995. That is a long time. They are probably counting on that momentum to take their them into. I think it's going to come down to a, a battle of determination. So I'm, I am definitely giving this to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I already know what some of you were thinking. Oh, Jackie, you're only picking Lamar Jackson because yes, you're damn right. Everybody, everybody black, I'm rooting for. So go get him, Lamar. I am counting on you now. The game of games, the only one that really matters. All these other games is just, you know, appetizers. The only game that really, truly matters to me is my Saints going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game is basically a game of 43-year-old Goat Brady meeting up with 41-year-old OG Hall of Famer Drew Brees. It's going to be a battle of the OGs is what it is. And Drew's body has been considerably more banged up than Tom Brady. Of course it has because Drew Brees doesn't have an entire league that create rules for him so that he doesn't get tackled anymore. And they don't create rules that rob the Raiders of their Super Bowl run, but run. But I... You know, I digress. I can't I can't stand that man. But I I am, if I'm going to be honest, this game is 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 kind of working my nerves a little bit. And I'm gonna have to admit that this I who that I, I got us, but I'm a little nervous. I am a little little nervous. I can't even lie because I think that I don't know, guys. This is this is just because I'm on the edge of my seats, I think. I, I think I'm just a little bit nervous because we're better than base at than them at basically everything. We're better than them at total offense, rushing, defense, everything. But Tom Brady is better in passing than we are. Don't think that that's a fair stat to reference because we have a lot of people that have touched the ball since Drew's kind of been banged up here and there. So I am going to just say this all together. This, this is going to be a great game. No matter who your team is, Watch this game because this is going to be the fire game. This is going to be the game that no matter what the outcome, people are going to be talking about this game for a while. Nonetheless, I am going Houdat Nation by 10. 10 points. Okay? Write it down. Take a picture. Make a bet with me if you want. DM me. Make a bet. But make sure you are the type that pays up. This is going to be our game. I'm telling you right now. Okay. Let's get to Ladies Corner, you guys. Every single week, I want to take a moment to uplift some sisters that are out there and they are doing the damn thing because I think ladies, especially black women, we got to learn to lift each other up, applaud each other, push each other to do better. And I definitely want to take a moment to do that. And I'm going to give 
my ladies corner shout out to Miss Abby Phillip. If you don't, if you look, if you've been watching any of this mess, this buffoonery that we have seen unfold in our country, you probably know who Abby Phillip is. She has, she's a, um, a political analyst and she has been moving her way up in the ranks on CNN. She's just 32 and CNN has made an announcement that she will become the anchor of Inside Politics Sunday with Abby Phillip. That is from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern on Sundays, and that will start on January 24th. Um, that is her own show, you guys. CNN is giving her her own show. I think that is an amazing thing. So shout out to her if we can just give her an applause. But in addition to that, she's also been named the network's senior political correspondent. So it is beautiful to see. And this is a big, this is a big win for us, you guys. We need people who can tell stories that with an understanding of who we are and what politics means to us. And she has done that. She's done an outstanding job. So again, if you don't know who she is, go ahead and follow her on all social media. Check her out on CNN. Her name is Miss Abby Phillips. Shouts out to her. Um, this next one, guys, this one's going to be a little bit rough for me because we just went from last Wednesday, so a, a week and a day ago, we saw police officers <laughs> practice enormous restraints when it comes to white people acting a fool. Let's call it what it is, white people acting a fool. We saw them mace people. We saw them grab hands gently and escort them downstairs. We saw them take full on freaking pictures with them. Black people in this country have never seen police officers use that type of restraint. We just have not. It is not something that we have seen. And that is, that is infuriating. So a week to the day. So this happens on Wednesday, a week to the day from them showing that, hey, if you're white, you can basically do whatever the hell you want. We will do everything we can to not shoot you. Then you fast forward to exactly one week later and we see the same, same not the same set of officers, but same law enforcement agencies in this country say, yeah, but that doesn't apply to you if you're black. Because they went to um, the home of 52-year-old Patrick Warren Sr., his family, this is where, y'all know how this story is going in. Y'all know that he was unarmed, not a threat. They could have tased him. They could have maced him. They could have practiced some damn self-defense like they are trained to do. I went through the academy. I know you're trained to take people down. Could have done all that. Instead, they decided to shoot him three times and they killed him. Here's the problem that I really have with this story outside of its business as usual when it comes to killing black people at will. This is a black family. A black family was having issues with 52-year-old Patrick Warren Sr. He was having a mental crisis. That is the 911 call that went out. The family called and said, hey, he's acting a little strange. We think something is really wrong. We don't know what to do. Can you help us? I, I don't understand why black people would make that call. That is not a call that I would ever make, ever. I have literally personally been in situations. I had a job not too long. In 2017, I was working as a property manager um, in Hollywood. There was this black gentleman that was acting a little crazy. He was. He was a little beside himself, very, very aggressive. My white boss 
told me to call the police on him. I said, I will not. I am, I will, there will never come a time in this lifetime where I will call the police on an unarmed black man just because you can't st take him raising his voice. You better man up and grow a pair. But what we're not going to do today is call the police on this unarmed black man because you can, you feel like cowering in the Well, then go cower in the corner. <laughs> but that's not what we're doing. And he told me he would fire me. I said, please do. You have to come with a better threat than that. If y'all know me personally, firing me is no longer a threat. Okay. Fun fact. So I went out there and I talked to that gentleman. I'm like, look, there's this white guy in here that wants me to call the police on you. And I said, you know what that means. This white guy is content because you decide you want to raise, raise your voice and act crazy. This white man is content with you losing your life. I'm going to need you to calm the hell down and you need to calm the hell down right now. And as soon as I said that, he calmed down because he got it. So I, I've been in, in that, in that situation that wasn't my first time being in that situation. It's not going to be my last. I will never call the police on an unarmed black person, male, female, whatever. It's not going to happen. So I am, I am, I am, I am disturbed by the fact that this family did this. And then when the family, when the guy answers the door, they come outside and they say, don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. Don't. What did you think was going to happen? How long have you been here? You you are in a, you were born in this country. You've been black in this country your whole life. What the hell did you think was going to happen? And the fact that y'all put him in harm's way, and now we have to feel some type of way about it. And don't get me wrong, I feel some type of way about it. Because regardless of the fact that you were ignorant enough to do this, it shouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened if Patrick was Billy. It wouldn't have happened. And it is infuriating and... On top of it being infuriating, you, you incited it. These black people knowing who these white cops are. You're in Texas, for God's sake. This happened in clean Texas or whatever the hell it is. You, why would anybody black call the police on a loved one in Texas? Anywhere in this country, truly. But in Texas, here, you want to add insult to injury? How about this? The chief of the police... Um, who cleared a press release that went out that basically said, hey, you know, we've put these cops on administrative leave, but, you know, this black guy came out. He had his hands in the air. They told him to stop a couple of times. He didn't. So they shot him. And that's what we are trained to do. Basically, they said, ah, you know, whatever. So what? So what? He was having a mental breakdown. We shot him because he wouldn't stop. The, the chief of police who cleared this press release is Charles F. Kimball. This gentleman is black. This also troubles and bothers me. So please do me a favor, take some, out of, some time out of your day and Google what happened to 52-year-old Patrick Warren Sr. Google and watch the Ring video of his daughter. I'm assuming it's his daughter or his niece or somebody standing on the porch as the gunshots ring out. Do that and then go and email Charles F. Gimble, who thinks that that press release was warranted, and bombard him until we see some kind of justice. His email address, in case you're so lazy and you do not want to Google, fear not, I got you. His email address is C as in Charles Kimble, K-I-M-B as in boy, L as in Larry, E as in Edward, at K-I-L-L-E-E-N Texas. Gov. Please do that because this is ridiculous. I cannot even contemplate anything that happened in this situation. But 
that being said, I, I do want to say, I do want to say this. I'm going to give my dozen roses to a person that y'all probably are going to be surprised about. Because if you guys have followed this show for any length of time, you know that I have issues with Sean King. I'm not a huge Sean King fan. There is a lot of shady things in his past. We still don't know his true heritage. That still bothers me. He has zero desire to tell us that bothers me. Um, that being said, that man works overtime to make sure we are informed about the injustices that happen to people that look like me and most of y'all. He works overtime. Not only does he do that, he gives us places where we can focus our dollar and make change. And if you don't trust him enough because you think he has shaky business dealings in the past, I feel you on that. I'm cool with that. I understand. But if you don't want to do that, he also always gives us phone numbers, emails, ways to contact people politicians to call so we can apply pressure. He gives us a way to act that is more beneficial than us marching, crying, and praying, rinsing, and repeating. And I'm not saying that this man is perfect. I am saying that he puts in the work that we need, and I appreciate him for that. So regardless of whatever issues I have had with him in the past, I just want to take this moment and give my dozen roses to Sean King, tell him I appreciate you and everything you do and keep on fighting, sir. You are appreciated. And that is going to do it for me today here on At The Half. Again, if you haven't done so, venture on over to Instagram and Twitter and follow me at JRayTheFanatic. Follow me every single weekday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on The Fumble. I will see you guys next week. It's been a blessing. Be safe. If they're unarmed, don't call the police. Figure it out. Call somebody in your family who could probably help you with that. All right, you guys. One love. I'll see you next week.